0: Digabit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Well, where I am recording, it is 1130 at night on the very last day of March. So I'm barely getting this Digabit under the wire But I do want to always have four of those. And so you may be listening to this a day or so late, but I hope that you are winding up your study of the vine and the branches and are ready to move on. I think next month we're studying love from the last words of Jesus, from John 15, verses 9 to 17. Always, of course, when we say the last words, we want to qualify that because Jesus didn't actually have last words on the earth. He, especially before Calvary, because of course he was raised and lived for several weeks after his resurrection, speaking too many, 500 at one time even. And so there are lots of different classifications of last words of Jesus. But we're we're talking about the time in Jesus' life when he left his public ministry and then began to speak to his disciples in the last couple of days of his life before Calvary. So these are important conversations. He was leaving these men as we've said several times with the greatest commission ever known to man. And yet, they had followed him, left all of their sustenance really their careers and occupations and followed jesus for the last three years and now he tells them he is leaving them he is sending another comforter and he prepares them for this great commission that he is giving them with some very important conversations the one that we've been studying this month is the vine and the branches and there was a big section of our study That included the fact that, or um, actually um, emphasized the fact that the branches are not churches. And in fact, the concept of denominationalism, as many people say, the branches are all just different churches that are all joined to Jesus Christ. That cannot be correct because in the first place, Of course, the passage clearly states that he is talking about disciples, and that is just made very obvious when we are reading about uh, the vine and the branches when he says, you cannot be my disciples, if this is the case in verse 8 of John 15. And a denomination, a church, cannot be a disciple. So we know it from the context itself, but then we spent a long time studying the concept of denominationalism this month. And especially, particularly, we were studying passages from the epistles that talk about the importance of doctrine within the body. I wanted us to look at the passage that we pointed out in Jude There's only one chapter in Jude, and we talked about verses 3 and verse 12. But I wanted us to look for a little bit tonight, as we're closing out this study... At verses um, 11, and we're talking about here people who do teach false doctrine and blaspheme. And it says, Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. Well, we're talking about a couple of Old Testament instances here, and we're not going to take the time to go back and see those. But then we are going to see that there are five metaphors in this chapter that describe false teachers in the body of christ he says these people who are teaching these false things who are rebelling against the truth of god are hidden reefs or blemishes or spots in your charity feasts or in your love feasts as they feast with you without fear we'll stop there for just a minute and notice that false teachers are exactly as described here. They are sometimes the people who are the most social in your congregation. Sometimes they are the people who are the most seemingly charitable people, and they are the ones who love to interact. And they, of course, they love to interact because if they really are false teachers, and they know they are teaching false things, they're trying to lead people away to follow after them. They're greedy of their own gain or their own reputation, as was Korah in the Old Testament. And so when we look at hidden spots or hidden wreaths at your love feasts as they are feasting without fear, these are bold people who are coming in to destroy the body of Christ, and yet they seem to be the most social sometimes the most loving people they are present at the charity feast at the fellowship times at the times when the body comes together to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn sometimes these people who are leading people astray are right there in the middle of those times of love and they are hidden blemishes in those times of love Then it says they are shepherds feeding themselves. Wow, shepherds are supposed to put... Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and I would lay down my life for the sheep. But here, it's shepherds who are really about themselves. They are about making a name or making money or making a place of position or a place of popularity for themselves. Not caring what's going to happen ultimately and eternally to the flock. They are shepherds. That is, they want the sheep to follow them, but they aren't protective of those sheep. They are shepherds who are feeding themselves. They are clouds without water. You know, when it's a time of drought, we really love to see a cloud. But we are very disappointed if it's a facade, if it's a cloud without water. And that's the comparison here, the metaphor for false teachers. They look like they're going to give us something good. And they're appealing, and we want them, and they're beautiful, but they don't have what we need. The truth is in God's Word, and if someone is teaching something, another gospel, as we studied in one of our other passages, let him be accursed. They're not helping us. And then it says, They're waterless clouds, swept along by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead and uprooted. I love that metaphor. It's a, it's a tree that looks like it's beautiful. It looks like it's gone through the bearing season, but it's still not giving any fruit. Twice dead, uprooted to even double dead is what that's saying. It's emphasizing the fact that there is no fruit and there may be bad fruit, but there's no good fruit. And these trees are fruitless trees. They look good that they don't have what we need. And then it says, wild waves of the sea casting up the foam of their own shame. We love the ocean, but you know, sometimes the ocean, the ocean can be fun. It can be beautiful. It can be a major uh, way of transportation. It provides energy for us. It provides food for us. But It is also very dangerous in some ways and this is talking about the beautiful ocean but these are wild waves of the sea casting up the foam of their own shame and then wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever I don't really know what wandering stars are. I was reading one commentator. This is Wayne Jackson. He says, this may refer to something like meteors that have no ordered and stable routes. That is, they have no ordered course. They're going, they're rogue stars. They're going wild. Hence, they cannot provide illuminated guidance, you know back when this was written and even today people depend upon the stars for especially out on the sea you depend upon where the stars and constellations are in order to know which direction you're going but these are wandering stars these are stars that don't stay on the route like meteors or shooting stars and they are not going to be dependable illumination or guidance compassing guidance For those who might look to them. I love those five metaphors about false teachers, and it ends those metaphors by saying, Their doom will be eternal darkness. Let's look real quickly at 2 Peter 2, verse 17. And it reads, These are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. For them the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. Do you see how very much the language looks alike there? Waterless springs and mists driven by a storm, and it concludes the same way. And for these people, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. I hope that you've enjoyed the study of the vine and the branches. I'm looking forward to studying charity, love, in the last words of Christ from John 15 with you next month. Have a great one!